call into consciousness anyone in your life that you are ready to forgive or that you need to forgive or that you've tried to forgive and you just don't seem to be able to do it based on your awareness of forgiveness at this point. You don't have to forgive them right now. Just call them in and listen to the words of this song. heard a powerful story about a man who stood in his truth with such conviction in who he was he would not be moved someone stepped out of the crowd and said are you Martin Luther King He said, yes, I am, and the well-dressed man spit on him. King took out his handkerchief and wiped the hate from his suit. He gave it back to the man and said, I believe this belongs to you I will lift you do what I can do I see your heart I know your pain I've been there too I will hold you high while you standing here I believe this belongs to you I once had a powerful story I used to carry around That held my spirit down But now I know the truth Of who I came here to be You are my angel in disguise Not my enemy So I thank you for the part I know your pain 
So just before I introduce the guest speaker formally for today's program, I invite you to join with me in consciousness and relax into the awareness and the invocation of spirit. Knowing that the one source of all that is lives, moves, and has its being through and by means of me. I know it is revealing itself as all that is. It is breathing me, aliving me, expressing its greater purpose through and by means of me. And I am willing to relax into that free flow of beautiful, unconditional love, pure wisdom and intelligence and allow it to express gracefully, gently, powerfully, and to its full potential through and by means of me. I am willing to release and let go of any preconceived ideas of smallness, fear, or limitation, and I open to the inspiration that is poured forth through those who are drawn here through divine appointment, that each of us are also here in connection, in community, celebrating in the learning and the growing together this morning. I know that that which orchestrates the universe has orchestrated the people, places, things, circumstance, and situations that has brought each of us here together in this moment for a higher purpose. The rising up and the clarifying of consciousness to the revelation of the wholeness and beauty that is always there. And so I release my word to spirit to do its right and perfect work, knowing that as I know and I embody and I accept that it is done. And so it is. 
And so we are so very blessed. It is my honor this morning to introduce Esther Nicholson. She is an Agape International Licensed Practitioner and has been a member and featured vocalist of Agape for 17 years. She's touring the globe as a motivational speaker, inspirational recording artist, and a workshop facilitator. She has completed two world tours with Bette Midler and Rod Stewart. She is debuting her inspirational CD, Child Above the Sun. Please extend your warm center welcome to Esther Nicholson. So, on November 1st, I'll be celebrating 24 years of sobriety. Woohoo! And I am just so grateful. Sometimes I think about how far spirit has brought me in spite of me. The grace of spirit, the grace of God. That in the heart and mind of God, I was already on the other side of the stuff. I just had to make the trip. And I didn't have to make the trip alone. And so I want to sing this love song to God and join me in this, in this love song to spirit. If you too have been in those valleys and you, got, you made it to the other side and you know that it was the grace of God that brought you through. the things God has done for me, things so deserving, that's why I sing to prove my love for thee, but voices of one million Could not express my gratitude. All that I am or could ever hope to be, I owe it all to you.
just let me live my life to be pleasing the God in me and if I should gain if I should gain any praise just let it be to the God in me the glory to God be the glory for doing for me what I have not always had the courage to do for myself and this song leads into the topic that I'd like to speak on today this topic came through me one day as I was hanging out in meditation entitled hold your position And it came through me because I was hanging out in such a high vibration of gratitude. And sometimes you don't need anything in particular to be grateful for. Just grateful that God is. I was just feeling grateful that God is good and that this universal presence that we talk about, that we read about, that we pray from, that we study about, It's not a dream. It's real. It's really real. And it's really good. So I was just hanging out in this state of just bliss, just feeling it vibrate all through my beingness. And then I started thinking about my purpose and my vision. God's vision, God's purpose as my life. And how grateful I was at how it had unfolded and how it is unfolding in such a prosperous, easy, and effortless way when I get out of the way. And getting out of the way for a recovering addict, Virgo like me, is not always easy because I think I know everything. I remember six years ago in particular when it was very difficult for me to get out of the way. And this is when I was still singing background vocals for Rod Stewart. And I remember on that day when this vision, this divine impulse, this voice came through me and it said to me, Esther, I have prepared you for something bigger than singing hot legs behind Rod Stewart. (laughs) With my little mini skirt on and which was a lot of fun, by the way. 
Don't get me wrong. But Spirit's like, I've prepared you for something bigger than that. You are a licensed religious science practitioner. You have already recorded your inspirational CD. I have given you the opportunity to perform in front of tens of thousands of people all over the world so that you could anchor in your poise and your grace and your confidence. You are now ready to do what I came through you to do. So don't renew your contract. Give notice and begin. Begin this vision. And I kind of stood up in the middle of the floor when I heard this voice. And I said, huh? What? He said, yeah, I prepared you. It's now time for you to step out into this vision. And Spirit and I have dialogue like this. And I said, hold up a minute, Spirit. I know I'm not really happy in this position anymore, no matter how glamorous it may seem. I know that the divine impulse within me, that I'm feeling a little restless, irritable, and discontent. I'm feeling a little frustration. But the money's really good. I know what my check is going to be every week. And I'm flying all over the world first class. And quite frankly, I haven't saved that much money, Spirit. So I tell you what, if you're really serious about this vision thing, give me two more years, let me sock away some more money, and we'll talk about it then, okay? Cool? And much like a parent says to a child who wants to finish that last game on the Xbox before you, they do their homework, I could hear spirit say, uh, I said, now. So I dug in my heels and I crossed my arms and I did that little thing with my head and I said, I'm not going. And you know how a parent does when they don't think they've heard their child right? They go, uh, what did you say? I said, I'm not going. I'm not giving up my gig. Spurs like, well, actually, this is more than a gig. This is your purpose that I'm calling you forth to do. But all right, have it your way. I was like, cool, I got away with it. I got a couple more years. And the next thing I knew... I was so fired, I didn't know what hit me. Put the F in fired, say fired. I was fired. Rod Stewart thought that he was firing me because I had reached a certain age that was older than he wanted his girls to be singing hot legs behind him. And for a moment, my ego took a little, on the, my surface mind took a little hit, took a little ego hit from that, but inside my soul, I knew who had fired me. Inside my beingness, I knew who kicked me out of the band. So I didn't give that age thing a whole lot of power because I knew that it wasn't real. I knew that I had been called by name. Spirit said, I will call you by name. So I got kicked out into my vision. And I was resistant. And I was having a tantrum. And I was scared to death. And I said, I'll get another gig. 
My resume is stellar. I've worked for everybody. Anybody would be happy to have me as a background vocalist. I couldn't pay somebody to hire me. Because Spirit said, I have called you by name. I know these things that I would have you do. Follow me. Trust me. Well, I didn't trust. And you know how it is sometimes when you step out into a vision or you're kicked out into your vision like I was. There's, there's a lot of ebb and flow, a lot of touch and go. And when you're resistant and when you're fighting it and when you're in fear, doubt, and uncertainty, sometimes there's more ebb than flow and sometimes there's more touch than go because you're all up in the way. I was all in the way until that floor that I was laying on in the fetal position for six months got mighty hard. God, it started getting really even more uncomfortable. And I said, I surrender. I abandon myself to this that I don't know. To this that I don't know what the next step is to take. I don't know what this vision looks like. I don't know how to put it together. And it gave me ample opportunity to, to, to embody these principles, to take them out of my intellect and to take them out of the theoretical learning and understanding and to take them into my heart and my entire beingness time after time after time after time until I started to not think it. I started to be it. I started to know it. I started to pray from it. I started to affirm from it. I started living it. And then here I was six years later, sitting in prayer and meditation and gratitude that again, spirit had proven itself in my life. I will never leave you or forsake you. I got you. I got this. And all the time we waste in fear and doubt and uncertainty, if we only knew that it was going to be all right. Because here I am six years later, at the height of the economic crisis in the U.S., sitting on my couch in praise and thanksgiving because I am thriving financially. I am thriving in spite of what CNN has been talking about. In spite of what the news media has been talking about, here I sit thriving. And that is largely due to the fact that I don't watch CNN. And I don't listen to the news media. And the first reason that I don't listen to CNN and don't listen to the news media is because I don't need you to tell me what's wrong in order for me to stand in what's right and what's real. So I don't need to listen to CNN and, and, and read the newspaper as my, to, to use as my prayer list. I don't need you to tell me how bad it is in order for me to stand in how right it is and how magnificent it is and how real it is. And the second reason that I don't listen to all of that is because my consciousness cannot afford it. I cannot afford the repetitive, obsessive commentary about how bad it is, the fear, the lack, and the limitation. And the reason that I can't afford it, my consciousness cannot afford it, is because I cannot allow it to take root and become manifest 
in my life because we understand that what takes root in our consciousness, consciously or subconsciously, must find an outlet. It must manifest according to the law of attraction. So I'm very protective and I'm very selective about what I allow into my consciousness. And I'm very protective and I'm very selective about what I allow out of my consciousness. So I'm sitting there, grateful, open, receptive. And what can be very humorous about this teaching is that sometimes no matter how much you meditate, no matter how much you pray, no matter how much you read, that the old habitual thought patterns have a way of sneaking in when you least expect them. So I'm sitting out all blissed out, all spiritual, feeling all good, and all of a sudden I hear this voice. And it didn't sound like that gratitude voice that I'd just been listening to. It had a different tone to it, had an urgency to it, and it said, Esther, I know you're doing okay right now, I know everything's okay right now, but uh, what if all of your appearances cancel and you run up all of your credit cards and you have no more money and they put you out on the streets? I mean, just out of nowhere, just out of nowhere, and In scripture, it talks about that allegory, Adam and Eve, where Adam was tempted by the serpent to bite into the apple. And so I was tempted by this erroneous, false thought pattern to believe in it, to believe that my calendar was my source, to believe that it was possible in the heart and mind of God for something bad to happen to me. It it, it was tempting me to believe that I was separate and apart from the one power, the one presence, and the one life. And and for a moment, I bit. For a moment, it caught me. You know how I know it caught me? Because I started doing financial calculations in the middle of my meditation. I just started counting and thinking, thinking really hard, figuring it out. The next thing I knew, there were so many thoughts in my head, I couldn't discern one thought from another. And there were knots in my gut and my palms were sweaty, and my heart rate had accelerated, and I had stepped out of the kingdom of heaven, and I had stepped into the illusion of separation and doubt and fear and uncertainty, and I was afraid. I was in fear. That's the humor of that. But the beauty of that is that to the degree that that we are not promised that the tempter will not knock on the door of our consciousness and try to tempt us with the lies and the illusions. We are not promised that no matter how spiritually in tune or connected that we get, that we're not going to face those challenges every once in a while. What we are promised is that if we practice the presence in a disciplined way, diligently, vigilantly, And that that is, and that we put it first, that when the tempter comes, we can have dominion and authority. That's what we're promised. And I do. Spirit is first in my life. My prayer work, my meditation, my anchoring in spirit is first 
in my life. And so when the still small voice piped up and said, Esther, come back. I am your meat, your bread, and your wine. I am your source, your substance, and your supply. Hold your position. You know the truth. You are the truth. There is no other truth. Come back. Bring your attention back. And I heard it. I was connected to it. I was in tune with it because I had been practicing it. And it's hard to get in tune with something that you have not been practicing. That's why a lot of people have a hard time in prayer and meditation because they haven't been practicing it, so it's not familiar to them. But I've become familiar with the divine. So when I hear it, I, turned my, I can turn my attention to it. And that's what I did. I turned my attention back inward to this voice that said, I am, I am, I am your life. And the chatter ceased. And my heart returned to its normal rate. And the knots in my gut dissolved. And I had returned. I had returned to my father's house. And the definition of father's house is I had returned in consciousness to my center. I call it my father's house because I like that. You can call it whatever you want. It is spirit. It is the presence. It is universal principle. It is, it is the d- divine I am that I am. So did God heal the fear and doubt and uncertainty that I had just seconds before experienced? No. God is not in the healing business. God is in the isness business. God cannot heal something it doesn't know anything about. So what happened is when I turned back to reality, that which was not real was not. It simply was not. It was never there. It never had any substance. It never had any power other than the power that I allowed my attention to give it. Hold your position. So I looked up the word position. And the definition of position is where someone or something is standing in relation to something else or in spite of something else. So you get to ask yourself now, and I get to ask myself on a daily basis when the fear knocks on the door of my consciousness, when the external circumstances of my life seem to be out of alignment, I get to ask myself and you get to ask yourself, what is my position in consciousness? Where do I stand? There are some of us that are here every time the church doors open. We've read every metaphysical self-help book that there is. We've attended every workshop that there is to attend, including mine this afternoon at uh, 1.30. And when the external circumstances turn topsy-turvy, we're lost. And we don't know what to do. And we're afraid. And we're in 
our minds are in chaos until the external circumstance seems to kind of right itself. So we depend on the external circumstance to look good, to feel good, in order for us to find our center again. And then what happens? Next week, another appearance. The next week after that, another situation happens. And we find ourselves on this spiritual, emotional roller coaster. So you get to ask yourself, is that your position? Is that your position? And if it is, guess what? It's okay. Because this is not an opportunity to beat yourself up. This is an opportunity to make a decision about where you want to stand versus where you are standing. This is an opportunity to make a commitment about how you are willing and how you desire to live your life. Or are you those that have practiced these principles so diligently and that God is first in your life that when the, when, when, when the tempter knocks on the door of your consciousness that you might get a little distracted, yeah, because we are having a human experience, but it doesn't make you fold. You don't lose your footing. And you can easily turn back to that which is real and experience and tap into the peace that passeth human understanding that Paul spoke about to the Philippians when he said, be anxious for nothing. So how do we get that? How do we experience that peace that passeth human understanding? That no matter what's happening, we, we can anchor in that peace. And anchoring in that peace and keeping our attention on reality automatically the situations right themselves because that's a byproduct of being connected to the divine. How do we get there? Well, Joel Goldsmith of the Infinite Way says that we must practice these principles from morning till night, night till morning. That we must break through the mental inertia. And the mental inertia can look like, oh my God, I am just too busy to meditate. I just have way too much to do. I don't know how to meditate. I just, you know, I'll just go to church. I just, I'm just not into that. I'm just not really good at that. And what I, what I realize is that when I schedule my meditations around my busy life versus scheduling my busy life around my meditation, around my prayer work, that that's when I get caught. I get caught by the illusion. He said that we must anchor in the awareness of omnipotence, omniscience, and omnipresence. Omnipotence means what? It means all that there is. All the power, all the love, all the beauty, all the harmony, all the grace, all the prosperity. There is nothing else. There is not God, pure spirit, divine intelligence, and your problem, there's just God. So if, if it is omnipotent and, it if all, and, it, and if it is all that there is, then what is this thing that I fear? What is this thing that I'm afraid of? It is nothing. And I understand and I know that it can feel like something. It can feel like the truth. 
Bill Wilson of Alcoholics Anonymous says that when we think with an unconscious, that when we think with an alcoholic mind, we cannot differentiate the truth from the false. Ernest Holmes says that when we think with an unconscious mind, we cannot differentiate the truth from the false. So when we're unconscious to the divine, to our true nature, to our true identity, the fear, I know, it seems real, but it's not. It is not. We must anchor in omniscience, the divine intelligence that governs the universe, Whatever it knows now, it has always known. Whatever it's going to know a million years from now, it knows right now. And oh, God, what freedom. I don't have to tell it what to do. I don't have to tell it how to be in my life because it knows. It is omnipresent, everywhere present. Do you know what that feels like? Nearer than my hands and feet closer than my breath. Do you know what that feels like? It is not nearer than your hands and your feet, closer than your breath. It is your hands and feet. It is your breath. It is your breathing. It is. And it is good. My mentor says, don't tell God about your problems. Tell your problems about God. Tell your problems. Get behind me. You are not the truth, and I'm not dancing with you today. You can't have me today. So I invite you this week to make a commitment because the only way I know how to get there is for spirit through prayer and meditation to be the priority of my life. And I don't mean five minutes every so often. I mean every day. And if you don't know how to pray and meditate, there are avenues for you to learn that. But it's important. So I'm inviting you to make that decision, to make that commitment, to look at where you stand. And is that okay with you? Is it okay with you where you stand when the tempter knocks on the door of your consciousness? And as long as we are spiritual beings having a human experience, the tempter of fear, doubt, and uncertainty is going to knock. What is your position? Anchor. You're invited to anchor. Make a decision. Make a commitment. So that you can hear that still, small voice. When the tempter knocks on the door of your consciousness and tells you that you're sick, tells you that you have six months to live, tells you that you don't have any money in the bank, tells you that you don't have enough to pay your bills, tells you that you're not enough, that you can hear that still small voice. Say, beloved, come back. I love you. I am love as you. I am the truth as you. Come back. Hold your position and allow me to prove myself in as and through your life and restore the years the locusts have eaten and make all things new. Come back. Come back. Come back. And hold your position. God is good, and so it is. Amen.
I'll never be the same. Here we go. Oh, 